0: Shining individually, collectively transforming community, peace in our human family. One love, one growth, as above, so below, feel the pain in my soul, the representative pill he'll dissolve. Organize matter the cost politicians starts wars they don't fight they sit in the poor. and nothing lasts forever as long as we stay together give hell to the masses. watch the unity rapture this is for the kids and the culture it's one love one growth one light like warriors hey hi nice to meet
1: you
0: I'm- nice nice to meet you as
1: well <laughs>
0: Um, what, how how do you? Uh, I was trying to pronounce your name. I'm horrible at it. Please forgive me. I wanted to. That's do, okay. Do right way, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pronounced Arcuria Robertson. Okay. So actually, I, I it's pronounced. Ar-Keria. Yeah, it's pronounced exactly how it's spelled. So I always tell people: oh, if awesome. you look at the spelling, you can pronounce the name.
0: Right, right. I want to make sure because you know some people they got like some. Like, for instance, my first name is Jamar and it has two R's, and the, the second R is silent. Don't know why my mom did that to people. Um, but <laughs> I always have to tell people, like, yes, yes, it's just say Jamar, you don't have to say Jamar or whatever, <laughs> like, make it have a roar or a girl, something like that. It, there's no need for that. Um, thank you so much again for doing this and taking the time out of this beautiful Labor Day. Happy Labor Day um same to
1: you same to you
0: to everybody out there too mm-hmm. oh thank you thank you um i'm, you I'm a huge me. like working class oh thank, thank you so much for being on the show yes i see we have a lag a little bit that sucks let me see here if i could do something better with my uh can you hear me
1: i can
0: okay perfect Okay, maybe it, it finally caught up. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. Um, yeah, um, I'm a huge advocate for working class people. Um, and I, talk, I, I do a lot of music interviews with this podcast, but I also try to have like some real conversations as well too in the mix. Um, because I think it's so important, especially as black people, we need to be talking about a lot of issues that goes on, especially in our community. And one thing that, you know, we don't talk about as much is mental health or self-care and stuff like that i mean now you see a lot of us talking about it now but that really wasn't a thing at all especially during my parents generation i'm pretty sure you could relate so i wanted i wanted to definitely like when i saw your profile on um the the matchmaker fn fm which is such a great uh platform by the way people that are looking for guests on their podcast, definitely plug into that. You'll find some amazing people. Um, I saw your, uh, I saw your bio and I was like, wow, this is perfect. This is the perfect person to have on here. (laughs) Like (laughs) she seems very, very real, very, very genuine. I would love to have a conversation with this young lady. Um, So you have a master's degree. Yes, I do. Yes. It's
1: in counseling. Um, From where you said Oh, it was a little mm-hmm. lag on your end. Um okay. yes, I do have a master's
0: degree in counseling from Xavier University of Louisiana. Oh, nice, nice. What made you want to get into counseling? Um, is it like a personal experience that you see that was like a need that wasn't really supplied around or
1: um <laughs> so it's it's kind of, it was a process for me. I knew I always wanted to be in a helping profession, but initially I went to school to be a psychiatrist. So still in the mental health field, but more so I would have been a medical doctor writing prescriptions. But once I got into college and started learning more about myself, I was like, oh, I don't think I really want to do this. It's not for me. Um, So I said, okay, well, maybe I can be a psychologist so I can do more therapy, less script writing and still help people. Well, once I graduated at the time, I didn't feel I was ready to go straight into a Ph.D. program. So I said, well, you know what? I will get my master's and then possibly go back and get my Ph.D. And I found out as a counselor, you can still practice as a master's level without having to have your doctorate.
0: Oh wow, nice. I didn't know that. <laughs> I yeah, so a that.
1: no, um, a lot of people do. So I've had people mistaking me for um a doctor. They may say, oh, you're a psychiatrist <laughs> or a psychologist. And I have to correct them, like, no, I don't want to misrepresent myself. I'm a master's level, <laughs> so I always stress the master's level part because people mm-hmm. um well, um like I said, I don't want to misrepresent myself because that's unethical. <laughs>
0: right right that's that's i just learned that i didn't know that they were i thought that everybody that has counseling under their belt is like a doctor and stuff like that i didn't know that that's that's really dope but even just having a master's degree that's even like dope as hell too like you know what i mean like that's cream of the crop <laughs> my mama that's my that's my mama would be like talking about 24 7 i don't need this my child got a master's degree type of <laughs> <laughs> <like> <laughs> the proud parent <laughs> <laughs> right, but in all seriousness though, um, thank you so much for putting that work, you know what I mean, and i I'm, I'm pretty sure you're saving lives out there, which we're gonna get into, but um, I just want to like congratulate you from afar, a little stranger from bum mm-hmm. the fuck Connecticut stuff like that um um, so you're from little Louisiana, yes, yes. Where, where, I'm, I have family down in North Carolina. I I, I was uh, half raised down there on a little farm, um, Pinetop, North Carolina. Um, what's okay. the atmosphere in Louisiana? Um, what's the scene? Are you like near the city or are you still like near the nice, quiet old country, which is amazing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I grew up in the country. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, I hated it because like we were so far from everything. I always would tell people, Like, we don't even have a McDonald's. We have to drive 20 minutes just to get to McDonald's. And, you know, McDonald's is everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um,
1: it's, I live right outside of Baton Rouge right now. So it's like an up-and-coming area. Um, It's, you know, it's kind of laid back, I guess. A couple of years ago, I used to go, uh, because I went to school in New Orleans, and once I moved back, Mm I would still um go go to New Orleans a lot, but since COVID, I haven't been going as much.
0: Okay. Okay. And how is it over there right now? I know that there's a there was another hurricane that hit. Um yes, people still
1: are not in their home. They still some people still don't have power. So um just a lot of recovery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But where I live, it wasn't
0: too much damage, so um, it's like it's good in that area. Oh, that's good, that's good. They make it seem like on the news that like Louisiana is gone right now, like that's all I'm seeing. I'm like, oh man, like we got hit with that same hurricane, but before that, we got hit with another one. Um, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of flooding and stuff like that. Um, Connecticut is rare to get hit, um, Mm -hmm. but when it happens everybody like loses their shit they're like i don't know what to do <laughs> so, you of course, know, of course. <laughs> i'm excited that i still have power and i'm we're i like live in like a hilly area so thank god mm-hmm. but like damn man no, not- i used to work for a quick store i used to work for an insurance company um called legacy contracting i think they're still in florida and we used to literally and i don't know if uh this could be controversial but I'm not pro-government, really. So it's whatever. FEMA did not really give homeowners their checks. So we were making money off of building roofs for homeowners that had promises from FEMA that never followed through. And it ended up being a big business deal. Like, big business deal.
1: <laughs> it sure is, it can be controversial, one thing i say. Right. <laughs> um, you know, because as a therapist taking insurance, a lot of times I have to explain coverage to clients because they may not understand the difference between a deductible and a copay, or mm-hmm. sometimes it may cover medical benefits, but not mental health benefits. So right. I always tell people, like, you know, insurance, every insurance is different, but
0: it definitely can be controversial dealing with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And They take their time, don't they? Um yes. yes. So do so so like do you so you still like I saw in your um in your information that you still have like clients. Um so basically like you have people like that you like mentor um into like self-care and awareness and giving them like um good advice and stuff like like how how does it how does it look to be that kind of like what is the the everyday process for being a counselor basically is what i'm asking (laughs) okay so as a counselor you you generally don't
1: give advice but what you do is you create you increase self-awareness and give clients tools to help them to be able to function on their own so my job is done when an ideal client is okay being able to manage life stresses without me. So Mm. generally, my job is for you to not need me anymore. Mm. So what I do is, so say, for instance, if you were my client, you would call, we would have a consultation, and that's when I find out what's going on with you, what you want to work on in counseling, and just to see if we would be a good fit, because not every counselor is a good fit for every client. And Mm. I think it's important for people to realize that, Mm, sometimes they may yeah so sometimes they may have a bad experience with one client with one counselor and they say Mm -hmm. i'm not with therapy all therapies are bad but no it was just that particular therapist find you a better therapist so that's just like any type of so a relationship with your therapist is like any type of relationship just because the person isn't a good fit for you doesn't mean you shouldn't try again so that's why a consultation is important, to make sure that the fit is there. Mm. So after that, um, if you're using insurance, I always recommend calling verified coverage because, like I said, every insurance is different and don't want it to be a situation where insurance doesn't cover it because then it will be responsible for the payment. So once the consent background information is filled out, I then take the person. We uh, have a first session. The initial session is where I find out some of what's going on, what you're struggling with, what you're having difficulty with. And mostly I work with clients dealing with stress and anxiety and sometimes it's depression. And I found that through working with them, it was a lack of self-care. So my goal is to help decrease the stress and anxiety and increase um, self-care. So through the use of self-care, I found that they are less stressed. They are less anxious. So they when they come to me, we explore what's not working for them. I give them tools. I tell them things that they can do outside of the sessions. And we work on, like, look at their interests, look at their communications, boundaries, all of those things. And they, do, and they go back and they do it. And then they'll come and we'll discuss what worked and what didn't work for them.
0: Thank you. And so do. How, what is the, the process? Like, how long is the process? Do you like stay with, with your uh, client um, in contact with them for uh, like is a month's process or is it like a year process?
1: It depends on the client. Um, some people, they, they're done in three months. Some people, six months. Some people, it may take a year. Um, Because I do meet with clients weekly and bi-weekly. So um, it just depends on like where they are in their recovery process and on their journey. And that's how long it will take. Because one thing I always stress to the clients is most of the work that you do will happen outside of my office. So if I'm telling you things, I'm giving you tools, we're talking about and exploring but you're going out and doing the same things, then change won't happen. You have to be the one willing to change. So sometimes it may take a minute getting them to the mindset that they're in control. So it just depends.
0: Okay. And so I I like how you mentioned that like every counselor or therapist is not basically um, a good fit for the patient, um, which um, I had had experience with that, um, A few years ago um where i had one counselor that was great we rocked out and then all of a sudden they had to leave because apparently they were trying to continue their education and get a doctorate um and somebody else came and i did not vibe with this lady at all (laughs) it was just not happening and the people that were part of the program, they because I was I was in the program instead of an actual like um like a a counselor that my insurance is paying for um the people that that noticed that they were just like hey hey come here can we talk to you is there something because like we feel like that you're not really as engaging as you were before i'm like well i don't i this lady is kind of like off-putting to me she's like dictating what i need to do instead of actually asking questions and stuff like that so i definitely like i i I agree with that like it definitely is something that has to be a fit and again it was a program so there was no consultation um period first to go through it was just straight up like we're going to shove you in this room with this sh- complete stranger that we expect you to open up to after you had had six months with somebody else who was totally awesome but <laughs> it was a you get what you get type of situation <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it was definitely one of those like like uh oh she's not around she's available you're going to her now and uh, hopefully this works out oh it didn't not my problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so you have two books um what is your latest book that's out is it a self-care workbook
1: yes so right now it's just one workbook that's out and it's the simple self-care solution and what it is it is a self-care workbook um It's to help, it's directed towards women, but really anyone can use it. And what it does is I focus on different areas of self-care. So I have a section that's devoted to mental self-care, physical self-care, social self-care, professional self-care. And in each section, first you start off taking an assessment to see where you are in that particular area. And after you take the assessment, then you go through a series of activities to help improve your self-care in that particular section. Because what could, as you mentioned, we talk about self-care a lot now and you hear about it a lot. But what people don't understand is so many different areas of self-care and self-care isn't just. Go and get a massage. It isn't just doing things where you go and spend money, but it's also overall well-being. And unfortunately, self-care is sometimes doing things you don't want to do. So when you think about boundaries, you don't want to set up boundaries with family. So for me, for example, I'm very close with my family. So saying no, I may not want to say no sometimes, but a part of my self-care is having to say no because it's pushing me past my limits or past what I'm able to do.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I like how you uh, your audience is what you're gearing towards is women, which I think is such a big deal. And, hey, I'm not a man. I'm not a woman at all. So but I do see how this healthcare system is just so like biased towards it. Then when we get into LGBTQ and all that, it's just the system itself does not know how to um, help people that are not men. Really, the men, I, I see a lot that there's a lot more options for men compared to women. And then when there is a place that's trying to gear towards it, it turns off being like biased or. Or there's just some negativities implications going on. Um, I, I so that's that's dope. How can how can they find your book? Is it on Amazon? Do you have it? Uh, like a Barnes and Noble?
1: Yes, it's listed on Amazon. And Also, if you follow me on social media, and it's always amazing, CC Instagram and Facebook. I have a link in my bio that will take you directly to purchase the book directly from me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Word. So. I'll definitely make sure I put that link in the description. Um, this this video probably will drop like sometime in October, um, unfortunately, because crazy scheduling. <laughs> um, so, but I'm uh, definitely going to make sure I link that in. Um, and, then, and then your other book, you have The Simple Self-Care Solution. Um,
1: That's
0: the workbook. That's the self-care oh, okay. workbook. Yes. Oh, okay. So, oh, man, I'm sorry. I reread it. Yes i read it wrong i thought there were two titles but it was actually one title okay do you have any other books that you're working on
1: i'm actually working on a digital uh, goal-saving planner so Mm -hmm. what is because in october i will be doing a self-care workshop it's online i'm I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if it will happen by the time this podcast is released but I'm giving the people that attend the workshop a free digital gold saving planner, but also I will be selling this planner too. And it will mm-hmm. also be on my profile. So by the time this podcast is released, it it possibly will be um out for wider audience or it'll be coming out soon.
0: Okay. 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 Wow. That's really dope stuff. Just that's like just spreading awareness, getting the word out. Um you're your friends do, do you have do you sometimes have to go to your friends and tell them they like yo you need to take some time and or like do you end up being like you know how there's the the, the the papa or the mama of the friend group that keeps everybody together and stuff like that do you find yourself being that person sometimes <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh it's it's a
0: balance
1: so one thing um i think when it comes to my friends we don't talk as often Because we understand, I mean, we're all busy. We're all adults. We all have our lives. We all have our things Mm -hmm. going on. So it's not those, oh, why you don't call me? Where have you been? It's almost like, okay, when we talk, we talk. When we don't, we don't. Mm. But um, maybe 90% of my friends, they are in therapy, which is great. So I don't have to, of course, we talk about things. But I don't have to be like, girl, you need to take care of yourself. Because they, yeah. they're already on this journey understanding what self care is to them. So, mm. no, I mean, like, we're all practicing self care in our own
0: special way. That is absolutely beautiful. Let let me tell you how great that is to hear that. You know, like, God, the people you probably hear about, because I know I hear all the time, <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, is like, if I could just talk to this guy and tell him to relax. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's not all that simple, man. You know, I have I don't have a therapy therapist anymore, but I do have mentors that I go to um and I every time I have an issue, I hit them up and they're always available and stuff like that and they they give me their insight and then I and then I'm like, okay, I can this is the choice. Do I either listen or do I not listen? Is it tough love and and is it not tough love? And if it's tough love, should I get the hell out of my mind and also try to take feedback from somebody else that has been on this earth longer than me? That has dealt with probably a similar thing that I've dealt with, which is why we're close together. And it's like the trust. It's that I think that's a it's a big deal right there, the trust. Um Yeah, because you know, sometimes, you know, you just I think some people, especially Americans, but I'm just gonna. I always talk about us Americans because we are the eyeball of the world. I see, uh, we are so different, and uh,
1: that's why you uh, experienced <laughs> it. You grew up in America, so right. actually, you know, you know Americans because <laughs> you're
0: here, right? So we, you know, trauma is a normal thing for us. Uh, all that stuff; those are things that we don't want to address, and we're raised not to address, uh, and. I love the dialogue now that they're like, okay, let's talk about it, you know, because before you were saying, oh, no, that's just a white thing. Like, mm-hmm. white people have mid 12 issues. We don't have time to think about that. But no, it's not just a white thing, black people. <laughs> Yes. But. <laughs> we weren't conditioned to believe that. And
1: even so much when you think about your upbringing. So if you we were taught not to make mistakes, we were taught like mistakes are bad. Mistakes were something to be embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Men in our community was taught were taught to not express their feelings, to not right. have emotions to be distant so now we're in the um space so i do work with females but i also work with males and one Mm. thing i do i love when i have my male clients you can get that man like when he his emotions and express his feelings i think that's so amazing so like i be loving it i'm like oh well, you know, and we're we're working on relationship stuff and talking about those things. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of my favorite type of people to work with because when I'm working with males and like I'm seeing their growth in them, it's different because women, we're taught that our emotions are okay, but men are not mm-hmm. taught that. And when they learn that, that's just, oh my God, that's that's amazing.
0: Right. But
1: right. um, yeah, so and even like so thinking about. Well, yeah, with the mistakes, we're taught that, oh, mistakes are not to be made. So, like, if you drop and break something, you probably was fussed at as a kid versus saying your parent talking you through it because it was a genuine accident. Now, if you throw it, that's something different. But if you make a mistake, that's okay because it happens. And every mistake doesn't need to be fussed at. So what happens is we learn that making mistakes is a bad thing. So when we make mistakes in the future, we try to cover it up. We don't want to acknowledge them. We do things to that can sometimes make the situation worse instead of saying, hey, I made a mistake, but I can also fix it.
0: Right, right, right. And that's such a hard thing for people to do. Such a hard thing. Um, mm-hmm. to, uh, one example I can think of is uh, – what happened with the with with the baby um that was a lot <laughs> Jill, just a mm-hmm. lot of reactions um i don't know if you're familiar uh do you, uh, you are you familiar with the, the the baby
1: oh the baby the baby the um yeah, the, rapper, yeah, yeah. the
0: rapper yeah the rapper yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah well you know i i i've i was as being an lgbtq member of, of the community mm-hmm. one thing i saw with him It was like, okay, yes, he said some very uninformative, stupid shit. He kind of sounded like he was in the 80s with the AIDS thing, because that's what people thought about in the 80s. But Mm -hmm. where is the education now? Are people reaching out to this brother to let him know, like, bro, you you, you just got to chill. Like, (laughs) Let's have a conversation, you know what I mean? Instead of just the whole canceling them they just kicked them off of tours and stuff which is so biased because they allow so many artists that go on there that has content that are that is just as like hateful but they want to give him shit about that uh, it, it just it, it comes off weird to me when we see especially black people like getting canceled that come from environments that are just traumatic as fuck and you expect us to just all back and be like okay, let's be PC now. Like, no, there's there's growth in this, man. There's a whole conversation that needs to be had in this. Um, And it's kind of sad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, So even like when I, sometimes I have to take a break from the social media because when I see things like people always getting canceled, sometimes people make mistakes. And then one thing you can learn from that, you can never make people happy because they're Mm -hmm. always trying to define blackness. And black is different from everyone. You said you live in Connecticut, correct? Yes. yes. So I'm pretty sure your experience in Connecticut is totally different from my experience in South Louisiana. That doesn't make mm-hmm. either one of us any more or less black. That just means we are who we are. Like it doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't define us.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly, and that's exactly what the conversation needs to be. We got to like. We gotta be more open instead of like ready to tear each other down because we just like to tear each other down a lot and it's kinda sad. Um it's it's very sad. Especially within our own community. And then that just gives the other communities ammo and to be like, Yes, she said this and I'm gonna repeat it and I'm gonna say some more things about it. (laughs) I feel validated because this girl told me this and she's black too. So I'm gonna go on Twitter and I'm gonna say everything that she said and more and just look even more crazy. <laughs> it's, just, it's too emotional. It's 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 way too emotional. Do you have clients that has dealt with social media presence or um like just dealing with it? Has have you had anybody that has complained about social media or anything?
1: All the time.
0: Um Yeah. So <laughs> yes, I've
1: even worked with people where they, social media probably could have helped them a lot professionally, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the purpose of it, right? But, right. and that's how you connect with people. But right. because of so many bad experiences, they were like, no, I just, I can't do the social media. Uh, and they... they um, straight away from it because of those experiences, and also um, they had they were dealing with hurt in the black community. So think mm-hmm. about people who the black community was the one that hurt them. Um, that's what mm-hmm. they needed healing from. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, and it's a lot, and just thinking about how social media that image that it portrays helping people understand social media is only a piece of the puzzle. So naturally, people are only putting their best selves on social media. But you don't know what happened behind closed door. You don't know about their struggle. So I may look at someone um, that's a therapist, is like, um, I have a wider audience than me. They may be doing more than me. I can't say, oh wow, like they're doing so great it must be nice why it didn't happen to me instead looking at it from the lens of i don't know what happened behind closed doors with this person i don't know what struggle they went through i don't know what their process was like they probably worked 20 hours a day to get there like who knows what their journey was like so i can't judge my journey according to someone else's
0: right 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 and i like how you mentioned about like how the black community has hurt some individuals um I can definitely relate to that off of just being a queer individual who is also a huge pro-black activist. It kind of comes off, um, depends on the atmosphere. It depends on the atmosphere where I'm at. You know, when I start, when I grab the microphone and I start talking about like the police and all that stuff, they're like, yeah, oh hell yeah. And then how we need to like support black businesses and also build it and build a community that supports black people and then when i mentioned black lgbtq people black trans people you're like they, they some people come up to me inside I'm like you don't need to talk about that part. <laughs> what are you doing you <laughs> <laughs> gotta get rid did they try to like give me like a a whole speech you're like look we got to deal with this issue first before we get to that okay you gotta get to this issue first before we get to that. And what kills me is what when they stop and realize that they shouldn't be saying anything, is when I tell them, like, yeah, I feel you on that. But it all coexists with the system. I got beat up by black men for when they found out I was queer. And it was black women that that were that like were on my side and supported me. You know what I mean? So I think it's important, like when people, when people like like how you mentioned like guess the black community can hurt you I think that's a very important conversation that we should have because it's such a big deal <laughs> it's such a big deal you know what I mean and it cannot be fixed if we keep thinking like separate and I think we're raised to be that way because of like you know we come from a very trauma um, origin country you know this country is it's not what they try to make it be like in the books, let's just say that. And so it's like, we have no choice but to like be like, okay, this is what we got to stick to. This is what it is. It's that tribalism. And if we like expand the tribe instead of like putting the tribe into categories, I think we can do a lot more better as a community. I just said yeah. a whole lot, but I'd love to hear your input. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm so sorry that
1: happened to you. So even, so let's Let's look at um, one thing one of my professors said in college, and it always stuck to me, stuck with me, was slavery was the worst thing that ever happened to Black people because what it did, it separated families. It took your identity, it took our identity away. So unless our parents immigrated from Africa, like like recent, you know, like unless we were 1st generations. We know we're black, but we like African is, Africa is a whole continent. Like it's not a country. So yeah. like a lot of Europeans, they know their history, so they can say I'm Irish German, um, that whatever they are. Right. Otherwise, we're like, we're just black, like, and you know, we can do the DNA testing, but yeah, yeah. that's who knows how accurate that is, but yeah. um so looking at looking at that journey, so looking at our journey, it, it is built on trauma. So thinking back, even a lot of us, um, a lot of Black people are still healing from slavery just through the generation. So trauma can be passed on from generation to generation. So even thinking about some Black families with the single family households, the men not mm. being there feeling as if men are not important to the family because that's Mm. what we've been taught and conditioned Mm -hmm. to believe also thinking about it as a black woman you can have kids you can go to work you can do it all like just having the weight of the world on your shoulders Mm. and being told like oh you're not um you're not aggressive enough. You're, I mean, like when, you're, when you speak up and being assertive, you're too aggressive. But also when you're quiet and more reserved, what's wrong with you? Like, are you not interested in what I'm saying? So I did this um, Instagram Live once before. And the title was Aggressive Where? Because what I focus on is how Black women are taught that if you don't, you have to speak up, but you can't not speak up. Once I was um, I'm very quiet, so I like I do more observing. And once I was in this meeting, and the lady said, Oh, are you not interested in what's been said? And I was like, What are you talking about? She's like, Oh, because you're sitting there quiet. And I was like, What am I supposed to do? She said, Oh, because me, I'm just so focused and I'm so into it. You know, as a psychologist, I read people, and I'm like, Okay, well, I've written down notes on pretty much everything you said. How does that mean I'm not interested? But what it meant was I wasn't responding how she expected me to respond as a Black person because mm-hmm. I wasn't overly talking versus um, people I know, Black people that are more assertive. They they come across as aggressive because they can speak their mind. They say what right. they want or what they don't want. That's not aggressive. That's just right. being assertive. And that's right. also a communication style, which ties into self-care.
0: Right. Right, exactly. I agree with that. I see that all the time in my job. Like the the black women co workers, they are just stern and they tell you exactly how it is. They don't sugarcoat it. They don't have time to even be nice to you. They just tell you, like, look, this is stupid. I don't agree with this. Let's not do this. And one time a co one time a supervisor said, oh, can we have input without these attitudes? And they looked at her like they were about to rip (laughs) her. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. like, did this bitch just say that let's, let's have it put without these attitudes I told you what is going on if you don't like how I'm saying it then you're just going to have to deal with it mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so real and I'm just sitting in the background like yes tell these motherfuckers yes <laughs> I don't even got to say that they already covering everything that needs to be covered it. <laughs> yeah so
1: it's and it's almost like we're put out there on our own and expected to be the one to do certain things. So it's almost like, yes, we do have to work twice as hard. We do have right. to go above and beyond just to prove ourselves. So um, and the way that we're portrayed is one, we're portrayed a certain way. So even thinking about media, how does the media portray black women? versus mm. other women, how are uh, black women seen versus other women. So when you look at all of those things, I mean, yeah, it's some trauma, yes, it's some healing, yes, mm. it's a lot of stress on trying to be the person that feels like you have the weight of the world on your back.
0: Right. And one one prime example, especially for the black community, is how how the black Twitter handled Magdalene um and, and Tory Lane situation. Um, that definitely was very telling of like how much of a community that we need to like build more to protect Black women because it was just, I don't know if you saw any in the comments, but it was like brutal, the way that they were just 24-7 just like defending him without having any case of the matter and then doubling down with just going to say, well, Black women got attitudes. She probably attacked him. You don't know how aggressive she probably was. And I'm like, you know she goes to a university still and she just got her degree right i don't think i don't think that she is like what you think she is you don't know her and she gets shot in the foot and you're all mad at you like that's her fault because she had an attitude like that enough was just i was shocked i was i was just shocked by that yeah i mean you gotta thing is you gotta think about all these famous people we we feel like we know
1: them but we don't really knows them. Knows them. We know the image they put out. So, if you listen to Meg Thee Stallion music, and yeah, she raps about one thing, but we don't know what she's like behind closed doors when she's with her family. You find that a lot of celebrities are usually very shy people, even though they don't seem like it when they're performing and in their music, but when they're alone, they're usually really shy. So, i mean right right. you can't judge them based on
0: them as a performer right right they just freaked out about the music and the cardi b's of the world like how they're just getting very um open to what their sexuality is just like how men are which i don't understand Mm -hmm. that issue is like they're so biased (laughs) and now they're just like a a negativity towards um these individuals um but like you said, you don't know how they really are behind closed doors. It could all be an act. There's a lot of wannabe gangster rappers that are not really gangster at all. And you <laughs> you look at their background. They come from a rich family, and, <laughs> and they went to a nice university. And then it was like, you know what? I don't want this degree. I'm going to go spit some bars. And then you see the real gangsters and it's. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's different from this guy. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that guy seems very real. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. do you have, do you find yourself repeating yourself a lot? I, I wonder. That's my, that's that, that's one thing that just came to mind. Do you find yourself repeating yourself a lot to certain individuals? And do they get tired of you? Do they get tired of
1: me repeating myself?
0: Yeah, especially when you're defending your community.
1: Um, I do find that I repeat myself a lot. Do people get tired of me? I don't know, possibly, possibly (laughs) not. But hey, you know, I don't. (laughs) If it's something that I'm passionate about, I don't really care as much if they do get tired of me because what I'm doing is so. For instance, I do talk about self-care a lot on my platforms because that's my focus that's what i'm trying to help mm-hmm. people understand so sometimes I was like, i'm was not talking about self-care too much then i thought about it maybe i am but hey people need to hear it so right i may reach five person one day and the next day i may reach two additional people that i didn't reach before and the next day i may only reach one person but every day i'm reaching someone new and hopefully everything I put out there that it can touch at least one person that can share and keep sharing. Right. And that's how that's how you get your word out there. And right. that's how you get like your that. message out there. Um, what people don't realize, like, you know, living in this day and age, we have so many opportunities for connection. We don't have to be um Like, in our little small community, we can reach a broader audience, so
0: why not try for it? Right, right. And that's the total reason why I started this podcast, just for that, because it's all about reaching, and it's all about just spreading awareness. Even if it's one, like you said, even if it's one person a day, even if it's two people a day. Somebody heard you, somebody agrees with your message, and you just help somebody, and they just got it for free because you're a whole counselor. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes yes Yes. you you know you just got a little session a snippet for free and that's what i'm always like this is a bonus like um so just imagine if you pay for it what can you get (laughs) if you get this for free you know the paid uh portion of it has to be better
0: right right yeah and do you have to know for, for those out in Louisiana that hears this, do you take state insurance for your, for your consultations and, and your clients?
1: Or is so, there a state
0: insurance in Louisiana? So we do have
1: Medicaid. Is that what you're talking mm-hmm.
0: about? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so it's five different Medicaid plans, and I accept United is the only one I accept.
0: Mm. Okay. So everybody out there in Louisiana, if you got that United, And you need some help, (laughs) I think you're kind of in good hands right now. (laughs) Just reach out.
1: (laughs) But for um private insurance, I do accept Blue Cross, Edna, and Cigna and United
0: as well. Oh, and also
1: licensed in the state of Texas, too.
0: So, um, how does that go? Do you do like uh video calls with people in Texas, or do you like travel to see them on video? Okay, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, Texas is a whole nother situation on their own. <laughs> you never know what the Texans are up to. <laughs> I mean, you never know
1: what's happening
0: next with Texas. It's one of the states that the other states just look like, okay. okay. <laughs> Texas and Florida, they get the Hall of Fame of uh, best to find out. <laughs> You know what?
1: I, I was talking to um a friend of mine that lives in Texas and she said, Well, you know, if Texas like on board with something, that means it's serious, but because um, I think <laughs> yep. they were re-implementing the mask mandate, and she said if Texas trying to do it, you know it's serious because Texas oh, and yeah. Florida are usually the last states to follow through with stuff.
0: <laughs> right, right. Oh, Texas is doing the mask mandate now? Really? This
1: was um they were trying to. I don't know if it was. Oh, they, yeah. they were trying. <laughs> well, they were know, trying.
0: Well, you know Joe Rogan's over there, and he doesn't like the mask at all. He's like, uh oh. <laughs> now he has COVID. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> he just got COVID. I did <laughs> hear about it. I did. I, did. I,
1: did.
0: <laughs> I was like, this guy—they about to rank him on the social media for a little bit. I hope he pulls through though, because uh, it's, it's a killer. Uh, I had a few friends yeah. on his life. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely don't want to hear about it. Even if you don't, not a huge fan of the person, you don't want to hear about
0: anything bad happening to them. Yeah, well, that's being a good person. You know, you're a good person, so you don't want that to happen. But some people will be like, oh, it'll be a shame if that... Uh... <laughs> It was the croak.
1: Yeah. And you know, you have to think about like what you put out there is the type of energy you put out there, it's the type of things you get back. So you do like you do want to be a good person, you do want to be that version of yourself because how do you expect good things to happen if you if you're constantly wishing bad on someone else? So I'm not saying like do what's best for you, but also um just focus on yourself and less on other people sometimes, too.
0: That helps. Word, word. Thank you so much, Arcaria. Uh, did I say your name right? He did. Arcaria. Awesome. Arcaria. Arcaria. Thank you so much, Arcaria, um, uh, for your time. And I don't want to take any more else of your time. Um, this, this was a very dope episode and definitely would love to have you come back on the show anytime soon or anytime down the line and stuff like that. Uh, de- uh, definitely your plugins. Um your Instagram, what's what's your Instagram again? My Instagram is always amazing CC. AlwaysAmazingCC. That is very simple. That's not hard or difficult. Um <laughs> You know, I couldn't put my kids. name
1: in it because my name is a and people always misspell my name. And you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm typing, I might misspell my name, but it's pretty easy to go back and check always amazing cc. And that's also my face, my Facebook page.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, that's the best way to get in touch
0: with me. Okay, dope. I'm definitely going to follow you as we speak. And do you have uh do you have any, uh, like, uh, announcements or that you're about to, any projects that you're about to, like, kick off in, in this fall or in the winter?
1: Yes. I'm working on, uh, as I mentioned, the self-care uh, oh, online God. workshop. And there I'll be going through planning, goal setting, creating a vision board, just helping, I'm helping potential people that attend it prepare for the next upcoming year. That will be in Oct- on October 16th and it's online. And also I'm planning along with our business partners, we're planning a self-care retreat. And that will be in February. It'll be in Costa Rica and we're doing we'll be doing yoga, hiking, oh, nice. meditation, oh. mindfulness, just like a whole self-care experience.
0: Wow. Costa Rica. That's real. That sounds fun. (laughs) Yes. Never left the country, so I'm jealous. (laughs) Well, enjoy Costa Rica and definitely enjoy your Labor Day. Um, Thank you so much for doing this and have a good day. Thanks. You have
1: a good one as well. Thank you for having me.
0: Definitely. Thank you so much. This is an awesome uh, episode. Can't wait for this to drop. I'll definitely make sure that I email you and hit you up with all the links that you need so you able to share on your own platform um thank you so much for your time
1: thank you you have a great one you too have a good one